Hello, welcome back to Gabagoolinate. My name is Wes Dawson, and I would like to welcome you to part two of The Legend of LaMarche. Now, initially, this was only scheduled to be a one-off episode, but it turned out as it was going on, I could not contain it within eight minutes. So here we are, part two, detailing my time living in LaMarche. Now, for those of you who missed last week's episode, how are you listening to part two without having listened to part one? That's just stupid. Uh, do what you want. I'd suggest listening to the first one or, hey, do, do whatever you want. Basically, I was detailing my time at LaMarche, which was a shared living space with uh, two of my best friends and eventually other members of our crew who moved in or just stayed there periodically. It eventually devolved or evolved, depending how you look at it, into a gigantic like frat house, flop house fraternity thing. It was an absolute blast up until I guess we're, you know, coming out of our mid-20s. I guess then the, the fun of it dies down a bit. But ultimately, it was an amazing time, a great point in my life. And for the most part, it's all great memories, positive memories. And it makes me smile and it makes me wish I could remember more of it. Either way, let's jump back into it. Here's part two of The Legend of LaMarche. second story of the building. Now, the next few stories, well, they pertain to a person, we'll call him Kitty Cat. Because, you know, he was just the cutest, sweetest little thing. You know, just adorable, like a, like a little kitten. So we called him Kitty Cat. You know, like, like someone who's so cute, like if you see a little kitty pissing on wood shavings, you say, I gotta take that fucking thing home. That's how we felt about Kitty Cat. So, for one, Kitty Cat got skunked. Um, we had a terrible habit of leaving garbage on our back porch. Uh, he was coming home, and in a split second, he had to make the decision. Can I get past this skunk and close the kitchen door, or will I get covered in skunk spray and spray half our kitchen down? He chose the latter. Well, not necessarily chose, but either way, uh, Scooter and I came home, smelt this fucking abomination in the apartment, thoroughly kicked him out. He's like, where am I supposed to go? And we're like, we don't fucking care. We gotta bleach this fucking place down. This is disgusting. Another thing that Kitty Cat used to do was he had this habit of taking late night baths. He would get good and drunk, real toasty, and then late at night decide, hey, I think a warm bath is the best way to do this. But I think the kicker to that was he'd often close the shower curtains. So when strangers or guests at the house would go to use the bathroom, he'd open the shower curtain. Hey, what are you doing? And they'd, they'd freak out. What the fuck are you doing? He's like, what are you talking about? This is my apartment. I'm taking a bath. What are you doing? Unfortunately, the late night tub time had to come to an end as one night he threw up in the tub, passed out, and then woke up to find his floating mess just drifting around him. And uh, by his own account, he's like, I took about a two-hour shower and never wanted to take another bath again. Now, a couple stories specific to Scooter, of course, was the time that uh, Scooter was caught by the police pissing in the snow outside. Uh, they wanted to give him a ticket for public urination. He said, well, what proof do you have? And when they looked down, he'd actually written his name in cursive, quite legibly, in the snow, uh, pretty much guaranteeing him a ticket, except that the uh, incredibly intelligent uh, officer that had caught him had his ID and couldn't manage to transcribe his last name correctly. And when they went to court, he said, hey, I don't know who this guy is. Obviously, your fucking illiterate police officer wasn't able to write his name down properly and had the ticket thrown out of court. True justice, my friends. Another thing that Scooter had done was one time I got up late at night to go to the washroom. Little did I know that he couldn't sleep, so he's up. Uh, I didn't want to turn on any of the lights, you know, didn't have to worry about my eyes adjusting to the bright lights. Went to the washroom, went back into my bedroom, but before I crossed the threshold into my room, I noticed a set of eyes. I couldn't quite, I'm like, is that, 
is that a person? Like, what is that? And I'm, I'm squinting, trying to see in the dark what it is. And then he just kind of stands up and goes, ah, fucking scared the shit out of me. I damn near had a heart attack. I grabbed stuff off my desk, ready to whip at him. I, I like, I couldn't register what was going on. My brain just was not ready to deal with this. And he comes out laughing his ass off. I was like, my God, man, you almost killed me. I go back to bed. A couple minutes later, I hear kitty cat getting up to go to the washroom. And then I hear Scooter sneak into his room. A few minutes later, another shriek in the middle of the night. He got us both. One fun memory was a birthday gift we had left for our friend Chris. I believe we detailed this on an earlier episode where we left him a triple-decker surprise in the morning. Uh, it was his birthday. We wanted to make sure that he got a gift that he just was not expecting. No one had ever gotten him. So the three of us proceeded to take successive dumps one after the other to leave this giant, disgusting, heaping, like, shit bunt cake and Chris was thoroughly disgusted. He moved out a few months later. I don't know if it was related to his birthday surprise, but it is a cherished memory of yours truly. There was also a pair of black leather sex pants. As, of course, that was the, the term that we had coined for them, just floating around the apartment. Um, I believe it was Kitty Cat who had purchased them. Everybody wore them. Everybody wanted it for their wardrobe, but no one had the courage to claim them. Although they did disappear at some point, so someone might be you know, rubbing one out in their leather sex pants. Basically, they're just like skin-tight leather pants with a very prominent zipper on a very bulgy front section uh, that were worn to the bar, they were worn to parties. They, they became a staple of La Marche. So this is a, kind of a, not a segment, but just a mention of our partners in crime. Because uh, if this was a film, there would of course be a sequel or prequel or another installment in the franchise as we were connected physically, spiritually, and drunkenly to a sister apartment right beside us. So we basically controlled the corner block of this townhouse, and that was much to the displeasure of everybody around us. Uh, there were numerous drunken fights. Typically, we weren't starting many fights, or myself anyway. I was usually just involved in them because I was there with my loudmouth friends. And I say that not deflecting any of my own accountability. I think as a group, we were a pretty boisterous, pretty imposing crew. And I kind of see how we maybe rubbed some people the wrong way. So there were a number of drunken fights. I think notably, uh, one group got their asses kicked by uh, this, this crew, I guess. Uh, they tried to fight them again. Happened a second time. They then proceeded to find out where we lived and break into our apartment. Now, of course, I was sleeping upstairs at the time that they broke in, but hearing smashed glass, loud yelling, was just commonplace. I didn't even get out of bed to see what was going on. Uh, turns out everyone was at the neighbor's place, so they went to attack there, mind you, with their weapons. They then got the shit kicked out of them a third time, and I believe that was the end of that, uh, that little drama. In one drunken fight that was started because someone uh, took great offense to my freestyle rapping which honestly i think it was probably the height of my freestyling ability was at that time a fight ensued i was much too drunk to be partaking in it i threw a hard punch i punched a brick wall i threw another hard punch and some poor bastard had put his hand on the wall for balance and i punched him right squaw in the center of his hand and uh it didn't go very well i just love looking back and thinking that a fist fight started because of my freestyling and that apparently my rhymes were just too ill. I think we're going to end off this episode with uh, a couple stories in a segment I like to call Breaking the Law. So this town had a particular thing is they had public security. So the police weren't quite as present. It was more public security. 
uh, they were laughable at best. And the thing is, I think if they showed a bit more respect to the younger generations, they wouldn't just be shoveled the amount of disrespect back at them because it was really an unfair ratio to what they received, to what they were giving. So I came home from work, I was working nights, to no fault of my own, there was garbage spread out at our garbage bins. And remember, this is a townhouse that I think had six or eight units in it. Uh, and then they start giving me shit about the garbage on the ground. And I'm like, did you not see me get out of my truck? Like, how do you think this is my fault? And then they blah, 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 trying to like intimidate me. And I told them, well, why don't you do your fucking job or do something of use? And I don't know, chase away the fucking raccoons before they break into my garbage. Uh, they didn't particularly like my suggestion. They got offended. They started yipping back at me. And I said like, you know what, buddy? I don't really give a shit. And then they responded, well, if we go through this garbage and we find anything with your name on it or your address on it, you're getting a ticket. Well, of course, that made me grin. And I responded, hey, if it costs me a hundred bucks to watch you pick through my fucking garbage, I will pay that in a second. Of course, his response was, you think you're funny? And I got the final say responding, maybe. And by the way, what's my name? And then I walked inside. It's a problem with empty threats is, well, they're not very threatening. But probably my favorite interaction with the public security of this particular town was a dear friend, Lee Van's response to them. We were sitting out on a front stoop. No one was drinking. No one was doing anything out of the ordinary. We were just having fun. They drove up, started harassing people. And, you know, we're kind of making fun of them, you know, tell them whatever. And you could tell by his BMI and his apparent blood pressure, this guy was about to have an aneurysm. Uh, Lee Van comes out the front door, swings it open and says, hey, get the hell off my property before I call the police. Security guard then says, in this town, we are the police. He then has a group, maybe 10, 12 strong of 17, 18 year olds laughing in his face. And then he drove away in utter disgrace. My God, uh, in retrospect, we could have been nicer to the guy, but also I'm like, buddy, don't go big dick swinging when you're pulling that micro penis out. Like, what are you doing? LaMarche was part of a, uh, a college town. It was right close to a prominent Sejep in the area. And the public security would often go, they would mark people, uh, students' tires with chalk. Classes were approximately an hour, hour and a half long, and you'd have 45 minutes to park. So that makes a lot of sense. So other students in solidarity walking down the street, or at least myself anyway, I'd constantly just wet my thumb and wipe the chalk off people's tires to ensure that they didn't get a ticket for no reason. And I think that was my civic duty for any of the misgivings I may have done during my time at LaMarche. Wow. Well, thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. It's very much appreciated. I hope you enjoyed some of the stories, some of the more notable experience that took place at LaMarche. It was an era that I don't think will ever be replicated in this town. Notably, when we left, there were some letters given out from the town, uh, pretty much condemning anything remotely related to us, uh, playing guitar outside, uh, multiple people sitting on a porch. Like It was... It was very much singling us out and uh, there was a much stronger police presence at the time that we were leaving the town so I don't know if this kind of rowdiness would ever be seen again but one can always dream so thank you so much for listening again my name is Wes Dawson this has been Gabagool Nate and just remember if you've ever wronged anyone it's time to repent come clean a clear conscience will do you wonders me personally I have nothing to own up to I behave like a goddamn saint Okay, well, that's not entirely true. I may be guilty of something that we're all surely guilty of, okay? Now, tell me if this is you. Sometimes at 2, 2.30 in the morning, I'll throw my comforter off my body, exposing my bare ass like a majestic orca dancing across the ocean surface. 
just to tear out a monster fart that I've been holding since supper and then pretend to be asleep as my family wondering what that loud honk was. Uh, of course, most of the time I can't hold back my laughs, but that's for another discussion. You know, if you've never done this, I strongly suggest you try it out. I'll have my head up to the stars, my ear to my window, listening for you later tonight.